This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. If you will, go into the book of Philippians, which has been our foundational scripture. And I'm going to again... Go slowly with this because even though everybody says that they're filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, that they're, they're, you know, doing this well, and then some say, well, I don't do it on a regular basis. We're going to show you the importance of it all. Before we start reading, uh, let me identify the subject again in this lesson. Now, we're in Lesson 7. We're in Lesson 7. We're still teaching from the same subject. Focused. And undistracted. How do I be focused and undistracted? Very important. Focus and undistracted. I'm endeavoring through the power of the Holy Spirit to bring the body, this body of believers, and uh, I want to attach it to this ministry to understand that we need to be in that position of being filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. I want to get us to get away from being fearful over speaking in tongues. That's a minor thing. That's an that's a evidence. It's not really minor. Let me take that back. It's just evidence that you have the Holy Spirit. But it is not the Holy Spirit. And that was not the most important thing. The most important thing is the power that He gave you. Amen? And so the reason, the, the reason we want to establish being focused and undistracted in our hearts as believers is because there's so many things that's going on in the world, in the country, even right now, that can easily distract us. Easily get us off focus. Well, let's just forget about everything going, in the country, going on in our country. There's just things that just go on in our family life. That's easy for us to get off focus. And we won't even realize that we're off focus. We're distracted. So God wants us to stay focused in the midst. Things like what happened with Sister Lee. Things like this is a part of life. Those things happen. It's just life. And you have, but you still got to stay focused. You still got to be undistracted in the midst. In the midst of prayer. I stay focused on that prayer and then I move forward. But the enemy is doing everything. He's just throwing it left, right, left, right. So that we can be distracted and slow all of God's work down. It's time for us to speed it up. We get enough information, enough knowledge of the Word of God that we should be moving forward. Amen. So when we become distracted, understand this. We lose hold on that which you've already gained. Whatever you've already gained, once you're distracted, once you're off focus, you lose it. You get, it's like three steps forward, four steps back. Because I got distracted, I got off focus. Five steps forward, I got distracted, four steps back. You just keep going. So you can never move forward. So if you've been wondering what was going on in your life, why can't I just push through this thing? Because every time you get distracted, you lose ground. You lose what you have gained. Don't have us study and get all of this information, all of this knowledge of the Word of God to you, just for you to lose it. Just for you to lose it for, for just getting distracted. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about something as simple as, I was focused and loving God until I got a bill in the mail. And all of a sudden, you don't know where, which way to go, which way to turn, how it's supposed to be. And you're distracted. 
I'm like, God is your source. You still have to, then you have to go back because God will show you where that money went. Most of the time, it's our own foolish things that we do to get us off focus. It's not God. It's not given to the church. It's not, oh, oh, no, no, no. It's not given to the, to, to, to fellowship hall because if you would have heard God months ago, He told us to save. That was one of the reasons for it. He already told us to save. So no, no, no. It's nothing that you're doing with the church that's making the, making, making you get off focus. It's something you've done. It's called H-E-B, Ross, T.J. Maxx. It's, uh, oh, the main one, Amazon. That is, it's those things. It's not the church. But see, the enemy will take you straight to the church. They're the one that's getting you off. If you didn't have to do this, if you didn't have to do that, now I'm distracted. And now I'm losing ground. Amen? So... To be focused and undistracted really means to stay your course. You have to stay your course. Stay. Right now, what God is telling us to stay your course. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. Stay your course. To hold the course that God has given you. To stay in your lane. Very important. When we look at sports, whenever, I mean, we can look at every sport, from basketball, volleyball, any sport. Whenever there's trouble or whenever someone scores on an opponent, it's usually because the person has gotten out of their lane. They have missed where they were supposed to. They got out of position. And then what happens? Then the other team get the advantage. You know, I mean, you, you, uh, let's say you were playing volleyball and everybody's in there. Well, somebody come out of their position and come over to yours, leave that one open, and then they score a point. It's because somebody got out of their lane. And so what? It gives the enemy the advantage. And once he gets the advantage, he's going to score on you. He's not there to play because every time he builds a score on you, it weakens you. It weakens you in your belief. It weakens you in everything. You gotta stay focused in the midst. Stay in your lane. Stay the course. Say, you know what? No. And, and then you gotta recognize the, the things that are all focused. You gotta recognize the little things that sneak in that you, because it's not gonna be something, sometimes it'll be something obvious, but for the most part it's gonna be something that's just gonna ease in. You're not gonna even think it'll get you off focus. But all of a sudden, what you think on the longest is the strongest in your life. So if you find yourself thinking on it a lot, you're all focused with it. See, if you, if you were thinking on God more than you were thinking on that thing, you would stay the course. And you'll start building on it. But if all you're thinking about is that, you're not even thinking about the Word of God, how to get out of it. You're just thinking about it because I'm worried about it and this has come up, everything. That thing has got you distracted. And once again, it's pulling you off course. Are you with me? We don't want to do that. Amen. And I know it's often very tempting, very tempting to see something. Listen, listen to me closely. This is what really gets you. It's very tempting to see things that you haven't seen before. It'll get you off focus. Whoa. But guess what? In, in, In any sports or whatever, it's nothing new. They might play it another way. 
That gets you off focus. It's the same old play, but they did it in a new way. And it got you off focus. And you got out your lane. That's how you lose. They'll say, you know what? They won't even recognize that this is whatever play it is. We're going to do it differently at this time. And they're going to think it's something new. And it's going to throw the whole team off. Some of you that have played sports have realized that. And can say, yeah, I could attest. That's just how I do it. Well, so it is in life. That's, that's, that's just exactly how it is. It's like, okay, yeah, the enemy said, just give them the same old thing, but just come in a different package. Come at them a different way. And they'll think it's something new, and they go, huh. But it's the same thing, and now they're all focused. Because they think they have to battle something that's new. Well, the Scripture tells us ain't nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. So ain't nothing, ain't nothing that somebody's going to show you or do is going to make you think that it's something new. I'm telling you now, it's not new. And then, then after you're off course for a while, then you realize, you'll be like, you know what, this ain't nothing but this. The same thing. Yeah, it was. And you missed it. Very important that you grab a hold of that and understand that. Amen? Very tempting. There is nothing new. The adversary like to make the old look new. But there's nothing new. Just to get you out of name. That's an old trick. That's an old trick. Just causing a person to just get out of your lane. And why? Soon as they do, I can score on them. I can score on their marriage. I can score on their finances. I can score on their, their relationships. I can, I'm going to score because I'm going to get them out, out of their lane. Amen. Now, always remember this. Games are usually won or lost by mistakes. On mistakes. They're won when the other team make mistakes. And they're lost if you make mistakes. Games are... You're in the game of life. And how you're going to win is based on how... The less mistakes you make, the more, the, the more you can get to where you need to be. Where, where you just win all the time. Are you with me? Always remember that. The only way that God can use us is that we stay focused and stay undistracted. God cannot and will not use a person who can't keep a course. Now, notice what I didn't say as much as what I did say. I said God will not use a person that will not stay on course. I did not say God would not use a person that makes a mistake. Because you can make a mistake. Staying on course, you get back up and you get on course. But if you are what will not you all off course, no way God's going to use you. So if you want to be used by God, you must hold the course that God has given you. He's given everybody in here a course. When we stay focused and undistracted, one way I stay focused, I have an awesome prayer life. Now you're not going to ever be you're not going to ever stay focused if you don't have an awesome prayer life. And I'm not talking about just intercessory prayer where I pray every Saturday for intercessory prayer. No. What about your own personal prayer life? See, some people, that's all they do is pray intercessory prayer. But no, you have to have a personal prayer life. That's what's going to strengthen you in your walk. You have to have a personal prayer life and a powerful prayer life. 
Amen. If you want to know what God is thinking about your issues, you've got to have a prayer life to know that. Remember, we want to know what God is thinking. We can't think like Him, but we want to know what He's thinking. So I need to know what God is thinking about the issue that's going on in my life. Well, if you don't have a prayer life, how would you know? You leave yourself open for many voices, and the Bible says that there's many voices in the world. And there's many that will come upon you, bam, bam, bam. You would think, oh, I'm doing the right thing, I'm doing that. And God says, well, you don't even have a prayer life to know if you're doing the right thing. You gotta know, you got, you gotta have a prayer life to know what you're doing. Are you gonna make mistake after mistake after mistake? Let me tell you, it's for some of you, you got a rumbling in your spirit for decisions that you've made. Let me tell you, and God will give you those type of things to tell you, slow down. And I don't know how many times I've told people this, but they don't hear it. When God tells you to slow down, it doesn't mean you can't have it. He's just telling you, slow down for now. But we want to bulldoze God over and say, no, if I don't get it now, I won't never get it. No, now you've got to put yourself in the column of mistake. Because if God said just slow down, he didn't say you couldn't do it. He didn't say it would never be possible. He just said, wait a little too fast. Hold on, slow it down. I want to do this in your life and that in your life. I want to tell you this. I want to get you prepared for that. And you have to learn. You know what? you got to forget about what people think about you, what they're going to say about you. When God is speaking to you, it shouldn't matter what nobody thinks. I don't care what plans you made or whatever. You stop and say, wait, God say slow down. And let, let, you know, let, let, let's think on this. Let's pray on this. Oh, no, no, I want that house right now. I want that car. Oh, I've just been wanting that car. I've been wanting that electric car. And God said, now slow down. Don't you know I know gas is going up? Slow down. <sighs> but what? But I go in and I go in and put in the application. And they give it to me. That's God. Oh, that's God. Like the enemy can't do that too. That's God. I'm a going and be that. I mean, my God, you make thirty thousand dollars a year, and then you want to buy a hundred thousand dollar car. And that's God, because I mean, really, really, why would you get a? Why, why, why would they give it to me? That was God. God moved on them. God moved on them. Do the math. And if not, ask Brother Hayston. He's a mathematician. To ask him, say, show me if I'm doing wrong here because I make 30000 and I want this $80,000 car. Is this, I mean, because I got the loan at 100% finance. I mean, I got it. So I know it's God. But I can't quite do math. So can you help me out? Because to even come to him, you have to tell him you don't do math. Because if you have to come to tell somebody that you want to buy a $100,000 car with making $30,000 a year, you don't know math. So kids ask him, can you, you know, can you help me? Well, you know, you even have to go so far. Brother, Brother Hastings, that's way too advanced for you. Go to my grandson if you if you if you that dense. He'll even tell you that. Madam, no, 
Yeah, that's not that's that's not it. I'm like, you don't do things because somebody give it to you. Companies that do that all the time, and especially everything going on now, they're handing you over all kinds of stuff with all kind of big interest rates, all kind of stuff, and you just, yeah, well, I can't, I, I, I can't afford it. And for those of you that like to keep up with people, another one, you need to go to my grandson. How are you going to try to keep up with somebody that's so much more advanced than you? That's foolish. Amen. I don't know what brought me there, but that's all you need to know on that. You're just foolish to even even go that route. Amen. God has created a pattern for us to follow. Did you hear me? He's already created a pattern for us to follow. There's nothing worse than a believer not knowing what to do when issues come up in their life. You don't know what to do when issues come up in your life. And the reason that this happens is usually because I have so many, many things and twists and turns in my life. I don't know where to go. I mean, I don't, I don't, I moved around with every wind of doctrine. I listened to every, 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 uh, every church on TV and everybody's talking about something else. But what, what this church said that, this church said that, and that said that, and you just all twisted up. Just all doctrinally twisted up, and then something come up in your lives. Listen to me. Now this is for me personally. This and I want to say this is why you shouldn't just eat off of anybody's plate. You shouldn't. I'm very sensitive about where I eat. Now let's just say in the natural, I know where I want to eat and where I don't want to eat. I don't go to anybody. See, most people, all they need to do is pass by a church that says, everybody that come in this church is going to be delivered. The deliverance church. And we go, I'm not going up in there. I don't eat off of just anybody's plate just because they got a name or a title or something that they say everybody go to. Everybody go there. Everybody go. That's eating off of any plate. That's okay. I, let me tell you, I don't eat uh, just off of anybody's plate, and I don't want just anybody serving me. And see, we just let anybody that say they know the Lord serve you up anything. That's one of the reasons our founding pastor and myself don't let any and everybody come in here. We, so, we solidify you in sound doctrine in the Word of God, and we let one idiot get behind here and tell you all something all different from what the Word says, and you all messed up. Well, we, well, Pastor Hill said this and they said that. You gotta be very careful. Just eating off of any place. That's where, let me tell you, that's where a lot of us have missed it. And some even have made heaven early. Eating off too many plates. Just here, there. And so, so now I'm no longer trusting God. I'm just trying what each ministry said just to see if it works. But see, I have to stay focused. Some of you, when you go on vacation, I want to tell you before you go visit a church, I, I would just prefer you go, just stream us. Or ask, where, where's a good church? Don't just go and eat off of any place just because they have Jesus is Lord here. Laying, hand, laying hands on the sixth memory, everyone get healed. Ooh, let's go in there. Just eating off of any place. Get yourself all messed up and all turned around. 
Everybody say stay focused. That's what we have to do. We must stay focused. Amen. Be very picky. If you're picky about your natural food and what you where you naturally eat, you ought to be even more so picky about your spiritual. Stay where it's safe. You don't have to hear and everything. And you know, and you and, and, and you know, everybody got friends at church and they'll tell you about what their church is doing and you be like, Oh, I wanna go but be prayerful. Just just you be like, Well, you know what, I got safety where I'm at. Amen. But you can go visit, you know, you can go and, and do those drive-bys and go to the corner store, go run in, try to get you a little quick fix or whatever. I never let anybody preach to me just because they're popular. I never listen to someone just because they're popular. Oh, Bishop so-and-so said, Okay. That doesn't move me, and that doesn't face me. I don't care how popular they are in, on social media. I don't care how they're popular they are in the country. I just don't eat off of any plate. Amen? And you shouldn't either. Amen? Now, because and the reason, one reason why I don't, and one reason why our, pastor, our founding pastor didn't, is because we're responsible for what you know. We're responsible for what you get. We, see, you don't have to answer for it. We do. That's why every minister here, before they get up and minister, they send me their notes. And they send their, their pastor their notes too. And even though they've all been here, they still do. Because we still got to be on one accord saying the same thing. Because I'm looking, actually what I'm looking for, because I have confidence in these ministers and I know what they teach, I kind of glimpse over and I'm looking for anything out of the ordinary. That you're coming in with that's like, uh, now wait a minute, let me back up and let me research that. Because no, uh, or I don't even have to research this. This is not it. Why? Because each one of these ministers here, and I know you respect them and, and, and you should at all times, but they're not going to have to answer for you. So God has put the angel over that house. That's who's got to answer for it. That's who has to answer. So letting anybody in and saying any old little thing and, and getting you all stirred up. Uh-uh. If, let me tell you, if the Holy Ghost can't stir you up, nobody else is going to stir you up. And if it is, it's temporal. You're going to be stirred up until it get old and you'll be okay after that. Amen? So when I preach, when I'm preaching, and I'm preaching my heart out, I, you know, it, I, I want you to understand that I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking for granted that you're gonna guard your own heart, so I'm going to. So, that's why when I'm teaching, when I'm getting, I'm gonna look things up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna research. I glean from other people, but then I go and do research on it, cause Pastor always say, you glean out and you research it. And then, but, but those things is like, okay, I have to make sure that I'm guarding the hearts of the people that are in this ministry. Because they are, you know, I don't know what you do away from us. So if they're not going to guard their heart, then I'm going to. Are you with me? Everybody say thank God for a good pastor. Now, again, you can eat some fast food if you want to. Anywhere you want to eat. But when you want a gourmet meal, come on back home. Are you with me? And, and this is the thing. This is the thing about food. Food don't harm you until you eat it. 
Oh, you missed that one, huh? See, don't get so caught up in the illustration and start thinking that's totally natural. I said, food don't harm you until you eat it. So you can hear a bunch of stuff. Just don't swallow that mess. Say, no, no, no. Because it don't harm you until you eat it. Then it's in your system. Amen. And what have I said over and over again? Wrong teaching is hard to get rid of. Some of you, even in here now, even in here now, your background comes from somewhere else other than non-denominational that you're in. You might have grew up. For, for example, and I'm sure Sister John's don't mind me using Sister John's come from a background of Church of God in Christ. That's all she knew. That's all she knew. And see, before y'all knew Sister John, Sister John used to wear heels this tall and she could dance some kind of, some kind of, she could, she can go all the way across this stage and all the way back with a, with, with a, with a Church of God in Christ shout. And then a lot of, lot of things, see, she's, she's older now. When Sister John's were, uh, when we started ministry, she'd been with us since we started, so she's been with us for over 30 years. So, so I mean, I've watched her grow from young to old. I've watched her have three children, I'm um, three children. All of those things. But, see, I remember when she first came. And even to today, it's still, all these years, it's still to the end. She always say, Pastor, I'm not going back to Egypt. I'm not going back to Because she had family members that said, she said, I'm not going back to Egypt. I've been in Egypt. I'm not going back to Egypt. But sometimes we'll be talking about some things, and I can hear it. It's down. Because you've been in it all your life. And I understand it. I never tell her nothing. When she hears it, she goes, Oh, Pastor, did you? I'm like, Yeah, you okay? That's one, that's one thing. Me and, me and Sister Jones, we've been, we've been friends for over 40 years, and we've never had one argument. We've never had one disagreement. And I was a pastor's wife, I wasn't a pastor. And so you can have a friend that you don't, we've never been at odds with each other about whatever. Even when I've corrected her, and I have, and even the founding pastor have, and we've never had one argument, no, nothing. I've seen her children grow up. She's seen mine. I've seen mistakes she's made. She's probably seen a lot I've made or whatever. But we stay same because we stay in our lanes. But a lot of times I'll still hear different things. Or she'll say something, and she don't even hear her say it, but it's deep. It's deep. Even though she's been in this ministry over 30 years, grown teaching is hard to get rid of. Now, a lot of it she has gotten rid of, and, you know, and she likes to think that she's totally rid of, rid, rid of it. But as a teacher, see, I don't have to bring it to her attention. All I do is teach. And then she said, you know what, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because I understand when you come from a background and you come into a teaching ministry, it's a lot of things you like, oh. And then you'll even find yourself trying to move this ministry into that. And guess what? I'm going to move you back. Because that's not what, that's not what we're called to do. I'll just, I'll just, what, what, like you slightly moving it in, I'll just slightly move you back. And I won't have to tell you anything. I can, let me tell you. I can see very well, spiritually. Now, naturally, I can't drive at night anymore. No, I mean, I can drive the ATB, but I don't do no long-distance driving at night anymore because if I did, my car would need alignment every week because I, those curves, those curves, I can't see those things anymore. But just to let you know how much you age, but I can see clearly 2020 vision spiritually. Just please know that. So I'm not impressed. 
and I know, you know, and some people, you don't even have to tell me where you come from. I can just watch your life, and I can tell where you, where you come from and different things you come out of. And, that, and I mean, and it's okay. It's nothing. I mean, it, it, it wasn't bondage or sin. It was just their way of doing things. So I'm not saying I'm not saying that at all. I want you to know that. Amen. So last week we were looking at the reality and the essentiality of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We discovered that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is real for one thing. And it is essential that each and every one of us be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Because we need that teacher on the inside of us. You need that teacher. See, all of you all say you feel with the Holy Ghost and all of you said, you know, you, 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 you speak with tongues and you, you know, you, you do it. But it, it has to be lining up with your life too. Because not this, the, the power that we read, it should be able to assist you in a lot of things that's going on in your life. Are you following me? Now go with me, if you will, to Acts. Let's go over to Acts. You know we can't get, we can't, uh, uh, go, talk about the Holy Spirit without going to the book of Acts. Are you with me? So let's go over there to the book of Acts. And uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to talk about a few little things, and we're going to just go on into the new information, because my time is moving. Amen? Now, the, the, now let's go to chapter, let's, let's start at, mm, I don't want to start there, just yet. Let's, let's just go to chapter 1, and let's begin at verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, commanded them, well, let me just start up, uh, let, let me just start at verse 1. The former treaties have made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible truths, proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. This is after, after he was put to death. And then assembled together with them, commanded them and they, that they should not be departed from Jerusalem. He said, But wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, that is a baptism. But, everybody say but. Everybody say but. Okay, it says, John baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, he just showed us there's a difference. There's a water baptism, but he said, but you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days hence. Now, go to Acts chapter 2, verse 39. Uh, where am I? Wait, 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 wait. Did I say Acts chapter two? When well, no, I'm in the wrong one. But let me let me look over here. Uh, Acts chapter three. I'm sorry. No, it's two, verse thirty-nine. For the promise is unto you. What promise? That the Holy Spirit is going to come. Just you just wait. But let me tell you who the promise is to. The Holy Spirit was a promise that was given to us. A promise. Look what it says. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Now, how can anybody read that and say it has passed away? 
Because he said it's for you, it's for your children, and to all that are far off. Even beyond the ones that are far off, that the Lord my God has called. It's for everyone. Everybody say everyone. And so we begin, we, we said the first thing that the Holy Spirit do is internally organize you. He's going to organize you. That's what he does. He's going to internally organize you. We talked about that uh, a little bit last time. The Holy Spirit, we said, is real. And in, um, um, where, where am I? Okay. Now, we, we, we saw where Peter began to preach his sermon. I'm not going to go back over there. And he began to tell different things. And pastor, uh, uh, the pastors and preachers and ministers, he began to, 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 to do that. And everybody was saying it was passed away. And they, they couldn't quite understand. And then God made it possible so that Peter could go and explain a lot of things to different people. He went to the Gentiles, uh, uh, the thug heathens. Those, anybody that's a Gentile is just one that did not know God. And we walked through that and we saw where he went and he ministered to them. He opened his mouth. It said, they came and they set him in there. Remember, he went to Cornelius' house. And they sat in there and they, they all sat around him. And they was like, okay, they was listening to what he was saying. They was like, and he sat there and he looked like, but what, what? God told me that, that uh, somebody was going to come. I was going to go to Cornelius' house. That's all God told you. God, remember, God always gives you what you need to know on a need-to-know basis. So he said, yeah, we're we going to get there. And, we, and he sat there. There. And they all sat around him and they just looked at him. And he was just sat there like, what? And it said he opened his mouth. That is key to understanding being filled with the Holy Spirit. I got to open my mouth. Again, not yawning, just open my mouth. He said, I'll give you the words to say, but you got to believe it. you got to open your mouth. And we saw where he opened his mouth, and he began to preach to them and tell them all the, the goodness of the Lord. I'm not going to go through all of that because, again, uh, uh, that will put us behind. And then he did all of that, but we found, also found out where the enemy came right in and tricked the church. And said, no, that's passed away. And he started by going to preachers. Those that pose as angels of the light and say, it's passed away. And people have, uh, have started whole denominations of, you know, it's, it's not for today. Well, it is for today unless you have to take this out of the scriptures. You have to take it out of the scriptures. Amen. And I like, I like what it says that when the Holy Ghost fell upon them. Look at Acts chapter 10. Go over a few pages. Acts chapter 10. I like this. Because this, this ought to give you the confidence. Verse 1 and 2. That was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God and all of his house, and gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. This is when we see Peter doing, doing everything that I just said, and they go on there. But the Bible says in, in Acts chapter 1, when the Holy Spirit came, it fell upon all of them, not some. So everybody in here should be filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, a lot of you are saying, yes, I'm filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues, because you're like, oh, that tongues thing, you know, I'm just saying I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. But you ought to want it. 
It'll help you in your prayer life. Where you run up against a wall, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, it makes it where you can go further. Where you can only speak things to an English. You, have you noticed, when you're praying in the natural, you can only pray the same thing and you start repeating yourself over and over because that's the wall you come up against. But when you're praying in the Spirit, when you're getting full of the Holy Ghost, you go beyond that. You go beyond what you can. God will put things in your spirit. You don't even know where it came from. And you're praying about it and you don't know what you're praying about. Sometimes you don't have to know what you're praying about. That's what the Spirit, it gives you moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered. You don't have to try to understand it. It bypasses your mind. It bypasses the enemy's mind. That's why you need it. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me make the difference because you have to understand this. Now, the gift of tongues is different. Please understand that. Because, see, people are, are, are get into that, and then they like, you know, I can't believe, you know, if, if somebody's speaking in tongues, somebody ought to be able to interpret. That's different. The gifts, when we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, we'll talk about that. We're just talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit with power. Remember, he said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power. Boldness. Because that's why they were in the upper room. They were hidden because they were afraid. They were up there just hiding. And when the Holy Ghost came upon them and fell upon all of them as cloven tongues, and they all began to speak, they got up, they opened the door, and they came out. They had power, and they were bold. That's the thing you want to be. Bold. Strength, power, power to discern, power to know. See, let's forget about tongues right now, just power. Power to know what's right to do, what's wrong to do. Power to know all the things that I need to know. Any situation that come up, God, okay, I know I'm full of the Holy Ghost and He's there to lead and direct me. And because he's there to lead and direct me, Father, I just need instructions and righteousness of how I should go. Now, most of the time, we don't even utilize it. We don't utilize. God is trying to show us and direct us and, and put us in one way. We're going to just do our own thing. We will overlook what the Holy Ghost is trying to show. He's there to lead and guide. That's why you have to have him on the inside. He will lead and guide you. You don't have to just make decisions off the top of your head. You don't have to keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again because I simply will not be led by the Spirit of God. Very important that we be led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Now, I hear people say, I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I don't speak in tongues. Well, that's just not scriptural. You have to speak in tongues. I know. You say, you think, see, they wrong teaching. They done told you how foolish it sounded. You're not really saying nothing. And you don't, you know, you know. And so you're like, well, I don't know. It sounds funny. It's not. Uh. Don't worry. You're not supposed to understand it. When you're praying, you're not praying to yourself. You're praying to God. Do you think God can speak English? No, it's you that speaks English. This is heavenly language. This is language that's beyond this realm. This is language that goes beyond this realm. That's why you need to go beyond this realm. You need to talk to God in His language. Do you really think that God only speaks English? Do Hispanic people think that God only speaks Spanish? Italian? Mandarin? 
Remember when God, when they tried to build the Tower to Babylon, he, 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 he got that thing done and then they all scattered with all different languages all over. God knows all languages, but His heavenly languages is alone. Now that's one thing about the gifts of tongues. The gift of tongues can have you speak in a language of this earth and have not been taught it. But being filled with the Holy Ghost is totally different. It's the language to God. It's when I can sit at home and I can lay in my bed and I can just talk to God and just pray to Him in language. And then I also get quiet so I can hear from Him. See, if all you do is run your mouth, when do you let Him talk? Or do you believe He can talk? Do you believe He'll speak to your spirit? And a lot of times, a lot of times you, you, you pray so long and so, so much, God can't speak to you until you get to church. And then He has the ministers, He has me up here, and you know, say this, be like, oh, that's what God, yeah, He wants to tell you that at home. But you gotta stop and say, okay, I need to spend quiet time with God. Get you a nice hot tea and just sit there. And say, God, I've just, you know, I've, I've talked to you about it, and I need directions. I need instructions. And then all of a sudden, somebody call you and give you some instruction, and then you be like, I dare them. And that was God. I mean, well, you know, yeah, I dare. I didn't, I, they act like they can tell me something. Oh, that's the foolish one. Because God's not going to come down, He's going to use someone. And so all of a sudden, you start talking to them. And you'd be like, oh, okay. God, you are some kind of awesome. God has his representatives in the earth. He's not coming down and talk to you. He'll speak to you in your spirit. And sometimes you're so, you're so messed up in your spirit because we don't fast enough that you can't even hear him. So full of chicken and enchiladas and tacos and uh, everything. And then try to hear God through all of that rubbish. God's going, I can't get through. It's just too much down in there. We need to learn to fast and clear ourselves out so we can just... And I'm not saying when you, when, you, when you clear yourself out, you can hear... I am saying it. You can hear better. You can hear better when... I'm, you just can. When you got that flesh down, you can hear better. Just hold on. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to fast as a congregation. And I know most of you are going to fast just to lose weight. But that, that won't help. Because if we, if we fast for a week, we think, yes, I lose two pounds, everything. Don't worry, next week you're going to gain four. This is not what the fast for. Now, if you want to just lose weight, go lose weight. But we're talking about fasting and understanding what God is doing on the inside. And see, when you fast, you better, you better have a prayer language. You should have a prayer language. Amen. And then we looked at essential, the, the, the essential things. I'm not going to go through, through all of those again. We're going to move forward. Now, go with me, if you will, to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to push forward because if I don't, we'll never... You all, keep, you all are always pulling me off in, in some things. And I'm trying to get to where I need to be. And I look at your eyes and look like... I'm in bondage, and I'm like, oh, God, let me, and I'm going to always, you know, I'm going to always move with God, so I'm, you know, I'll go on and minister to you, but, you know, get, just get, everybody, look up to your neighbor and say, get your life right. 
you know, just get your life right. I mean, um, what else? We, we, we got things to do. We don't have time for that. Amen. Now, understand this. You have to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Are you in chapter 8? Stay there for a minute. You and I, listen, we can't know certain things by our own natural minds. It is critical that we receive the Holy Spirit. It is some things we will just not know by our natural mind. It's critical that we be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. So that if the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, you can communicate with that Spirit. And that Spirit needs to let you understand the natural things and let you know, understand the tricks of the enemy. That's another thing that the Holy Spirit will let you. That's a trick. I don't know why we think a trick is going to be something that you automatically see. No, it's a trick. And that's the way the enemy wins you over. He... he does tricks on you. And guess what? God keeps telling you, be filled with the Holy Spirit so you can understand and see the tricks. Say, now that's a trick. Are you in Romans chapter 8? Verse 6. Verse 6. It says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. I like that. Verse, verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. This means you can't do it. I don't care how much you want to. I don't care how smart you think you are. I don't care if you like. I know this is what God is saying. God is a spirit, and he's going to talk to us in the spirit. And he's going to talk to us through his spirit. That's how he's going to talk. He's going to talk to us by his spirit. Look at verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of him. It is essential. This is essential that we have the Holy Spirit. Look over at verse 26. Jump over to verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit that helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself, or Himself, maketh intercessions for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Our weaknesses, our unknowns, our inabilities... To know the Spirit of God helps us in those things. And we all have an inability to know. An inability. We all have weaknesses. We all have unknowns. But the Spirit is going to help us with those things. With those things that you cannot know as a human. Ooh, that's so good. The Spirit is going to help us with the unknown that we don't know as humans. Are you following me? Look at verse 27. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit. 
because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Now listen, he that is searching that which is going on and on the inside of you know, knows what God is thinking about it. He searches the inward part of your human being and the things that are troubling you and the things that are... And he's the one that says, okay, we've got to find God's mind and what he's thinking about. All of this that's going... He's going to search you. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, how can he search you? It's just told us that he searches us to know what God is thinking. I can't think like God. I'm, listen, I'm finite. He's infinite. But I receive freely the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now I can guard my heart with all diligence. Why? Because all of it, out of it flows the issues of life. Out of your heart flows the issues of life. So the Spirit the Holy Spirit will search things and know what God is thinking on your situation. Again, I can't think like God. But He that's on the inside of me can inform me. He will inform me on what God is thinking about that situation. Concerning my problem. Ooh, did you get that? He's like, okay, let me confirm to you. Let me show you what God is thinking about this. I have searched you. Like this morning, somebody, you know, God is thinking for somebody, you're, by His stripes, you're healed. You have to believe it in your heart. You have to say, I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus. I've got to believe that with my heart. The, the Spirit of the living God, He knows the mind of God. What God is thinking. That's just great to me. Thank you, Lord, what He's thinking. So I say, Holy Ghost, what is God thinking about this situation that I'm in? See, we never do that. We just try to figure it out. And you're supposed to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Why are you doing all this work when the Holy Spirit, God left you a gift to do the work for you, to search you, but you never stop to say, Holy Spirit, what's going on? What, well, I, I need to know what God thinks about this situation I'm in. Instead of saying, well, let me figure out what, how we're going to work this out. Well, God will tell you, the Holy Spirit will tell you. I'm telling you, I thank God for the Holy Spirit. Because let me tell you, when, 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 my, when my husband died, I needed the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't get, let me tell you, all of you all loved me and all of you all had good words for me, but you could not comfort me. You could not. No matter what you said, what you did. And I thank God for everything that everybody said and did. And, and, and I just, I, you know, I, I just thank, everybody did so much. But that couldn't comfort me. I needed the Holy Spirit. 
God, how do I get up? How? God, don't tell me. I want to say, God, don't tell me that I need to get up and go and I need to. Don't tell me I can just get up and get back up there. And go. Don't tell me that. Don't, don't tell me that. Holy Spirit said, time's up. You don't want to run out of time. Time, your time is up. You mourn. Get up. And the Holy Spirit helped me with one leg out. And I put it back in the bed. And he pulled it back out. Spiritually, you can do this. And he began to tell me on the inside what God thought about this and began to comfort me in different things. That's on the inside. If I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I don't know how anybody can make that. A death of a spouse, a death of anyone, a loved one or whatever. How you can get through it without the Holy Spirit. That's where my comfort came from. My children, they were there. They were a blessing to an extent, but they couldn't comfort me either. My grandchildren were there, my most prized possession. My grandchildren were there, but they could not comfort me. They helped me through, but it's the Holy Ghost that got me where I needed to be. He kept telling me on the inside what God was thinking about my situation. Until finally I had two feet on the floor. And finally I could stand up. But if I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I'd still be down. Did you hear me? If I didn't have the Holy Spirit, I'd still be down. So the Spirit of the living God knows the mind of God. Look at verse 27 again. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. According to the will of God. According to. So what does that tell me? If he's making those intercessions, if he's giving me according to the will of God, what does that tell me? It tells me he's not going to make a mistake because he's going to give me the will of God. Now, when he give me the will of God, for me it might look like a mistake because I'm so busy thinking on my own, but he cannot make a mistake. He's going to give me the will of God. Hmm. No matter how difficult, no matter how impossible it seems, when God tells you to go, then go. When God tells you to move, then move. If the door have been the door you were trying to get to, you've been there and it's been closed all along. And it's uh, if a door that you keep going to and it's always closed, it's probably because you went on your own. He don't make any mistakes. Now, but if God tells you. To go, no closed door will stay closed. If God tells you to go, you know what, I need to go there. Don't let the cares of this world and the lust and the things enter in and choke this word from you. 
I don't care if it, I don't care how many times you've gone down that road and it's the door's been closed. Once God tells you they're open, then you go back. Once the Holy Spirit tells you what God is thinking on it, go back. So get filled with the Holy Ghost. Let the power of God break up that lust on the inside of those things on the inside is troubling us. So that God can come in and minister to you. And He will. Do you know right where you are now? Do you know what God is thinking right now? Concerning your issue. Everybody in here have an issue. Do you know what God is thinking right now? I do. He said all of us must be filled with the Holy Ghost. We can turn this city around. We can turn this church around. We can turn the prison around. But we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. We have to yield ourselves to His Spirit. He got to get us to walk by faith and not by sight. We have so long since walked by faith. We're always walking by what we see. If I could just get you through this teaching to stop questioning God when He tells you to do something and humble yourself and get it done and realize that you must live by faith. We've won. When God tells you to do something, why do we have to always question Him? You don't really realize how much joy and happiness that you're missing. And it's simply because you're not walking with God according to the Scriptures. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to walk with God in this wayward world. And it is wayward. Now write this down. Nothing that is of God can carry out God's plan for its existence unless there has been an intervention in the, in, in the life of it by the Holy Spirit. I'll say it again. Nothing that is of God can carry out God's plan for it to exist unless there's an intervention in the life of it by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has to be present. Because the only because right now, the only one that's operating in this spiritual realm now, the only one of the Godhead is the Holy Spirit. God is not operating down here. Jesus is not operating down here. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit, remember, he said, I have to go away. He said, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. There can only be one person of the Godhead here on earth at a time. Only one. The only one operating today is the Holy Spirit. Now, what if, the, if he's the only one that's operating, how are you operating without him? Jesus is not here. Only the Holy Spirit, the only part of the Godhead, triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they've all had their time. So it's essential that you have contact 
with the Holy Spirit. So that this Spirit, this Spirit that's dwelling on the inside of us, talking to our spirit. See, the spirit on the inside has to be communicating with your spirit. It has to be going on. It has to be going on. My spirit and the Holy Spirit. That's called a private line to heaven. The devil can't touch that. It's a private line. He can't tap the line when you got the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and your spirit. He can't tap that. You can talk directly, directly to the throne room of God by the Holy Spirit. That's why it's important to have it. You talk to the Holy Spirit right on there, and He delivers it straight to the Son. That's the way it works. That's why Jesus is sitting at the right hand making intercessions for us. He got the Holy Spirit down here on earth, living on the inside of us, finding out what's going on the inside of us, communicating with our spirit and His spirit. And once we find out what's going on and He's you, you're telling Him what your situation, your problem, the Holy Spirit now takes it to the Son who's at the right hand of God. Right to the Son. And then the Son turns to the Father. And said, um, you know, they're talking and they're speaking things in my name. That's what Jesus is saying. Because remember, he said, I left you my name. They're talking, they're speaking things in my name. And this is their situation. And then he delivers us from those things that affect the issues of our life. And see, if we're not going through that process and you still are in situations and circumstances that can't get out, you have not went through this process because he doesn't make a mistake. And that's the way he works. Are you, are, are, are you understanding me? He doesn't make a mistake. Now go back over to Philippians right quick. Philippians chapter 2. Our foundational scripture. You should keep it Keep it uh, kind of pinned there. Again, whatever Jesus had, we had. Whatever he had in his earthly ministry, it's available to us. If we stay focused, the only reason why we do not walk in the fullness of God and what God did when he raised Jesus from the dead, the only reason why we don't, the single most reason why we cannot grasp, hold, is because we are not focused and we're distracted. That's the single most reason. We are distracted from what God called us to do or we're not focused on what God told us to do. And when, and when that happens, we cannot hold the course. Now, if you would note, the thing that made, listen, note when you're reading the scripture, the things that made the prophets in the Bible successful is that they stayed on course. Notice it. And the ones that failed were those that got off course. Did you hear me? The things that made the prophets successful, they stayed on course. And the ones that failed were the ones that got off course. We look at Daniel. 
he held his course. Daniel held his course so well that another prophet in the Bible, I think it was Jeremiah, called him a standard of righteousness. Because he held his course. Noah held his course. Job held his course. Paul held his course. It's not impossible. Again, all the failures in the Bibles could not hold their course. But those who held their course, God was able to use them mightily. You want God to use you mightily, hold your course. Now, if you and I would hold our course, because, you know, we have so many things available now, you know, to us. In the Old Old Testament saints and New Testament saints, we have so much more available to us than they did. Now, all the ones, all of the prophets that I just told you about, listen, listen, none of them were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they kept their course. In the Old Testament, they weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost walked beside them. The Holy Ghost couldn't come until Jesus has come. But we have Him in us. It was, they did not have the Holy Spirit on the inside. He walked with them. And they kept their course. How much more should we when He not only, He took it a step further. That's why it says the new covenant is a better covenant than the old one. It's all that's in the old plus. They didn't have the Holy Ghost living on the inside. We do. There's no excuse. I don't feel sorry for you. Now, if you and I would hold our course, we can do the same. Listen, we have so much more than the Old Testament saints, and we just seem to overlook it. We just overlook it. You know, some of us in the body body of Christ, we have so much available to us, but we choose, listen, we choose to get away from God. How are you going to choose? We got so much of it. We choose to get away from God. We choose to get away from what God has made available to us. You're not struggling. You're just not. You're choosing to get away from what God has made available to you to do something else. It's easy to get off course with things bump up against the flesh. That's what makes it easy to get off course. All the situation has to do is bump up against your flesh. Stop saying that you're struggling in this area and that. No, you're not struggling. You're just choosing to be away from what God is telling you to do. Get back there and you'll be like, it wasn't no struggle, it was easy. Whatever I'm struggling with, it ain't no struggle. It's only a struggle when I'm trying to get around God's Word from it. Are you with me? We don't do that. We understand how we are to operate in this. Amen? He's dwelling on the inside of us. I I love the fact that He's dwelling on the inside of us. I'm telling you, the Old Testament saints, they wish... They wish they had what we had. And we just overlook it. Some of you in here, 
you were doing fine until I met her. Until I met him. You were doing fine. Oh, yeah, well, hey, <laughs> well, I believe God is telling me to do this. God's telling me it's time for me to take a break, and I need to do this. And, you know, yeah, well, God telling me I need to do this. I need to get my life settled. Hmm. How many times have I heard that? So what am I going to do? I'm going to get this person as saved as I can. I'm going to work with it. I'm going to work with it until I get them saved. That's what's wrong with a lot of your marriages now. You've been trying to get them saved for years. Let me tell you something about marrying somebody that don't know the Lord. And someone that, and, 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 and we're coming up with our, our premarital class, and, and, and someone that's just not in it as deep as you. I'm going to tell you, I don't care how much church you come to. I don't care how many counseling you come to. I don't care how much word you hear. You are going to go through hell. You'll eventually come out, but you're going to go through hell. It is not that easy. You are not going to change anyone. As you de- and let me tell you, you're going to waste years on that foolishness. Years. And, you know, and let me show you how you can tell that it ain't nothing but years of foolishness. Because every year you want some counseling or you want to talk about it. That's years of food. That was because when you should have been listening to God, you didn't. So you're going to go through. You're going to just do your own thing. You don't just do your own thing when you belong to God. I done seen it too many times. I'm going to change them. Oh, no. What's the word they say? I'm going to put in the work. Well, work it for years. Work it out. Because that's what it's going to take. I mean, it's the truth of the matter. I'm not trying. Let me tell you, I hate it for any. I want everybody's marriage to succeed, be successful. But let me tell you, let's talk real time. See, I, 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 I ain't going to beat you up. I'm talking real time. And it's not that you can't come out of it, but you're going to go through hell for many a year. And guess what? Your parents ain't going to save you from it. Your children ain't going to save you from it. Nobody's going to save you from it. You're not going to get around the Word of God. You're never going to... You're not going to make God's Word a lie. You better know what you believe. You better know. You better make sure you've heard from God. Oh, year after year after year. And for the most of, the, most of your life, you have a defeated Christian life. For no reason at all. But thank God that you're here. You can turn it around. But you got to stay focused to do that. If some of you was as focused on God as you are on worldly things in your life, in your children's life, you'd probably be successful. But you're more, you're more focused on those foolish things that's going to pass away and real life going to check in, then where? I need counseling. Because I'm foolish. And you have to tell yourself that. See, if I tell you that, you're going to get mad and leave. Girl, bye. That's all I can say. Girl, bye. Because it's the truth of the matter. You got to be focused. This is a focus word. You stay focused. Don't jump out and do it. Listen to your parents. 
I was telling my sons, we were laughing and talking because, you know, they always, they stay on me about this, that, and other. Mom, this, that, that, everything. And I told them, let me tell you all something so you all get this in your head. Both of you. Let me just tell you all this and know this. I'm smarter than all of you. Just know that. And I know, but no, no. I want you to know that. I am smarter than both of you. Put both of your brains together in mind that forget a lot is still smarter. I listen to my sons to a certain extent until I tell them to get out of my room or until that's enough. And sometimes they have good advice and sometimes they, you know, they just, just chopping off the block and, you know, whatever. But I, but I want them to know. See, I want them to understand this is what you have to do. you got to know the difference between your mother and your pastor. Because there's a big difference. There's a great big difference. I'm like, honey, the counseling I'm giving you, somebody would love to get. You better grab it. You better, you better, you better know when I'm mom and when I'm Pastor Hill. Because it's different. Everybody say it's different. So we need to understand that. The Holy Spirit, because I am guided by the Holy Spirit. I listen to advice. I listen to advice of people around here. I listen to advice that people tell me different things. But I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. Know that. So when you, when you go and, you know, and you're going to do your own thing, no matter what God says, then you be ready for everything that comes with it. Understand this. As a believer, you are a moving train. And when you get off the train, guess what? The train keeps going. Did you hear me? When you get off the train, the train keeps going. And then what happens is you grow, roll into the depot of the, of the train station and there's nothing there to ride. Here you go. You're looking for the ride at the depot station. And then what do you say? God has forsook me. God didn't come through. I've been praying and nothing's happening. You got off the train. See, we want to blame God. No, you got off the train. That's what happened. It ain't that God didn't hear you. It didn't, it's not like God haven't heard anything that you said. It's not that He didn't answer you. You got off the train. And guess what? The train was still moving. You're coming back to an empty spot. And all you can see now is God is not doing what I'm asking Him to do. You got to get back on the train. You got off. Everything that was available to Jesus is available to us. Jesus never got off the train. He never got off course. He stayed focused. Are you with me? Listen to me. Jesus made sure that everything that was available to him was available to us. Everything. And I'm really out of time. 
I can't believe how fast that time goes. I guess it goes fast since I'm used to teaching longer. But I'm really, I really want to single in on the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know all of you all are saying that you were filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. And I don't believe it for the simple fact of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. I just don't. And because God wouldn't have me teach on it if you were. No way. And if you are, you haven't used it in so long, it's like you don't have it. If you don't know how to be led by him, if you don't understand how it operates on the inside, we got plenty more to talk about concerning the, the, the Holy Spirit. But if you don't understand it, if you don't get filled with the Holy Ghost, how? Just in what we talked this morning, how are you being led? That's where a lot of you are coming up against in marriage where you're always squabbling about decisions that are made because somebody's not filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost will make you on one accord. But if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, and one is, one is hearing from the Spirit of God, one is not, you're going to clash. And then the one that maybe be filled with the Holy Ghost will say, well, okay, well, let's just do it your way. Well, you just got off the train. Because you're the one filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're the one that's leading. If you can't, now, male or female, it doesn't matter, you know, whether it's the male or the female, but whoever's in charge of the house, that's the one I would love to see filled with the Holy Ghost. But for the most part, it's not. But if it is, and then you go through whatever you're going through because you made the wrong choices, and now you've put some things in that is all going on in your life, and now you're troubled. And now you want prayer. And now you want to do what's right. Now you are, but you, you have to get back on the train. And first of all, now you're all focused because you feel with the Holy Ghost and you were focused, but the person that's not filled with the Holy Ghost, now I'm talking about married couples. Now you talk about one that's not filled with the Holy Ghost or not here. It could even be filled with the Holy Ghost, but not listening to it because a lot of times we're filled with the Holy Ghost, but we don't acknowledge Him. We're doing our own thing. This is where we come in and say, common sense tells me this. Common sense tells me that. Well, God is going to talk to you in your, in your human logic. He's going to talk to you right there spiritually and break that thing down. But you don't want that. The moment you don't want that is when you're going to have trouble. So, I want to ask this morning, who wants to be filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues? I don't care that you say that you are. And I don't know why people feel like, if I say that I'm not, they're going to think I'm not saved. No. If you were hearing the teaching, you, you should understand that you could be saved without the Holy Ghost. Remember when they came and they said, we never even heard. Through it. He said, well, what baptism were you baptized in? He said, well, we were baptized in jug baptism. He said, oh, well, that's a, that was a good baptism. That was water baptism. But there's one that's going to baptize you with fire, give you power, give you power to discern, give you boldness, 
give you the ability to, to hear on the inside what God is thinking about your situation instead of guessing off the top of your head and just hoping you hit it every now and then. Say, oh no God, I, I want all of that. See, some of you need to be like me when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Say, God, if that's real, I want it. If all that's true, what she's saying, and I saw her walk through the Bible last week, and I saw, I, I, I say what it says that it says, if that's true, prove it. Let it fall on me like it fell on them at Pentecost, where they all were filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke in other tongues, and got bold. And God will do it for you this morning. Just like that. Just like that. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're scared, call the law. How are you going to be scared of a gift? I don't know nobody scared of a gift. And that's what the Holy Spirit is, a gift. It's for you. It's for your children and all that are far off and to all that the Lord God have called. It's for everyone. You should be filled with the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in tongues. Don't get caught up on the tongues. Get caught up on the power. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.